The Spanish Announce Table. All right, Tom, it is episode 334 of the Spanish Announce Table, and this time, you know, it's not about us, right? Oh, man, I tell you what. We got one of the best pro wrestlers in the world. We are joined now by the blue-collar badass, J.D. Drake. J.D., first off, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. And where we want to start is you're a part of this faction that's one of the best factions in all of AEW. It's called the Wingmen. So we want to start off with how did that become a thing? Because it seems random, but it also seems like it makes 100% complete sense. It's completely random and makes 100% complete sense. I don't look. Life is weird, okay? It's weird. You come across friends sometimes that don't necessarily, you know, meet the same look as you, the same uh, culture, same anything. I met Cesar, uh, gosh, I met Cesar actually back in February of 2020 when I went down to um, the Performance Center the first time. I went down for their, a week-long visit and when I wrestled on NXT's house loop. I met him there, and then ironically enough, I walk in the locker room, there he is. I'm like, oh, hello, dude, how are you? <laughs> And then I meet Ryan Nimitz, and the first thing I think is, this guy's a goof. Ryan Nimitz is an absolute goof. I'm just a goof. I still haven't I've yet to meet Peter at the time. So about my third trip down here, Tony comes up to me and says, hey, you ever met Ryan Nimitz? And I said, yes. He said, what do you think about it? I like him. He said, cool, get to know him a little more. All right, then. So it just happened organically. I started hanging out with him. And I hung out with Cesar, and then here we are. And then Peter came back, and when Peter came back, it all just started saying, and it clicked. Yeah. So that's, that's the wingman. Believe it or not, it wasn't anything out of, just out of left field, nothing crazy. We just hung out, had a good time, had good chemistry in the back when we was talking shit to each other, and it translated pretty well on camera. That is awesome. It's one of my, you know, funnest parts of of watching the shows be it dark dark elevation or, or dynamite or whenever you know it's it, it's the the chemistry is there right you can feel it's like you're saying it's just kind of organic and it just feels like you guys are having a lot of fun are you guys giving kind of i mean mostly free, obviously you don't have to you know tell me everything yeah you do but like are you guys given a, a lot of creativity and free room or free roam to kind of explore that as it feels like when have you guys ever known me to go off a script mm, <laughs> that's true. okay i true. like it that's, that's, i'll leave it yeah. there Okay, so then I got to know because it was was, I saw it on Twitter and it's the vaxxed and waxed Mm. hot boy summer. Mm. So tell me what vaxxed and waxed hot boy summer is. (laughs) (laughs) Peter, Peter sends us a message and says, hey, check this out. There's a fan that created art for us. And I'd be damned if it wasn't that. Yeah, okay. Um. All right, then. I'm in. Whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. We were joking about it before promo, and I mean, the next thing I know, Peter's talking to one of his friends, apparently, and Vaxxed and Wax got brought up in conversation, and now we've got art. It's so great. I literally, I literally laughed out loud at work. I was in a meeting and I was just going through Twitter and I saw that and they're like, Thomas, you okay? I'm like, totally nothing. Yep. Back to it. (laughs) Totally good. Uh, So Another thing I want to talk to you about in AEW is the list of your opponents right now is out of this world. 
you right. faced Rocky Romero, Eddie Kingston. You had a TNT title match against Darby Allen. What has this been like? Because you haven't faced one style of opponent. It's just been across the board. What's that been like for you? It's been just like my past 20 years of my career. Like, you guys saw me elsewhere. Mm -hmm. How many times have I stepped foot in the ring with somebody that works the same style as me? That's true. That is true. There's, there's not many of me left. So, right. you know, I've got to, I got to go out there and fight everybody. It's just, it's been fun. The closest to me has been Eddie. And me and Eddie have been beating the hell out of each other for a bit. Oh, my so God. So, yeah. It's yeah. just, it's been a blessing, honestly, because yeah. I'm able to go out there and prove, hey, jack of all trades, whatever you need, here I am. And Eddie is one of our favorites, first off. But, but, mine too. <laughs> Speaking to what you were saying there, is it how is the struggle in that? If you, there's so many folks who, like you said, don't work your style, I mean, obviously, these are tradesmen who know what they're doing, obviously, but I mean, there certainly has to have been some rough water sometimes in working with folks that don't don't work the style anymore. Um, no, not really. no, nice. No, no, if you really sit back and think about it, I fight. Okay, that's literally what I do, I fight. Mm -hmm. so my style basically just it meshes with everybody's yeah i can i can go in there and slap everybody around i don't care how much you fly right <laughs> you flip flop and fly jump off the top rope do a 630 <laughs> land whatever when you stand up i'm still going to chop the shit out of you chop it, it is. it's so great and it's and, and the believability of that is awesome too and, and we love that like it's just it's so you're the steady waters as it were then absolutely i like that so before we get more into AEW, I want to talk about how we first became aware of J.D. Drake, at least on the national scene. Obviously, uh, we're here in Kansas City. We've seen you here at Journey Pro a couple different times uh, with your tag team partner, Anthony Henry. But where I think the, the national audience got to see you is when you main evented that Evolve show. Now, obviously, during the pandemic, uh, Evolve had to, to close its doors. But tell us a little bit about your time in Evolve, because... You know, you had so many ama amazing matches with Kushida and Walter and uh, Austin Theory. But, like, what was it like to be in Evolve when it was starting to really explode before the pandemic? So, man, we were on such an uptick. It yeah. was it was really gaining steam. It and it was one of those things where it was like it basically came back from the dead. Like somebody put the defibrillator on it, hit it on the chest. It woke back up, and when we woke back up, we woke up with a fury. It was nonstop, great show after great show after great show, full of talent. Everybody delivered from the guys that was coming in that everybody supposedly showed up to see, which I complete, completely think is bullshit. Um, people people may have shown up that didn't normally come to an Evolve show to see some of the NXT and WWE guys. But you're not going to discredit anybody that was in my locker room in Evolve because everybody there busted their ass mm -hmm. and created one of the best wrestling products that was out there. And I'll stand by that from now until the end of time. Um, but to watch that locker room come together after one common goal, and that's putting forth the best uh, best wrestling product that they could, it was, it was fun to watch. Considering that Anthony and I debuted, God, what, three years prior? and won the tag team uh, championships in our first match. Mm -hmm. And literally was, I believe we were supposed to be a one and done or two and done. Mm -hmm. We were supposed to win them, drop them, done. 
I, I think that's how it's supposed to go. But, you know, wrestling has its own mind sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We kind of stuck around a little bit. And the longer we stuck around, the better things went. And it just blew up. And it was – without Evolve, I'm not where I'm at. That's just all there is. I, I'm 100% confident in saying that without Evolve Wrestling, J.D. Drake is not a household name. So tell us a little bit then, because now you're in AEW, right? And AEW is now uh, the hot new ticket in town, right? So what are the similarities to Evolve when you're talking about you guys were ramped back up and going full steam, and now you're in AEW? What's the similarities between like the locker rooms, the the, the vibe that's going on? So in my time here, and I mean, granted, I'm still I'm still day-to-day here. I mean, and I take... I take every time that I get to come down here as one of the biggest blessings that I can have. But when I look at this locker room, I see exactly what I saw when I was there, when I was at Evolve. I see a locker room full of some of the most extremely talented guys on the planet, all coming together for one common goal, guys and girls, all coming together to provide the best professional wrestling possible and to give people an experience that they wouldn't get anywhere else. Because if you go to an AEW show, even if you watched an AEW show during the pandemic, the energy is still unreal. Mm-hmm. The in-ring, the in-ring product is very good. It's it's top-notch, honestly, if if you ask me. Um, and I mean, my time here has just been, if I call it anything other than you know, a super positive blessing. I'd be, I'd be lying. It does have an amazing, like, just feel of that. What you're speaking to where it feels like the energy is just on a hype level. Everybody wants to come out and look at us and look at the crazy things we can do. And it's, it's one of the most entertaining things we've watched in a long time uh, in wrestling. Uh, And now, as we've talked about coronavirus happened, so many things changed just in wrestling specifically and you know aw did have the benefit of having some fans in attendance being an outdoor venue and whatnot mm-hmm. but uh, how walk us through maybe some of that like your this transition of suddenly nobody's there and now we're maybe starting to slowly roll into people there obviously i, I would assume you're excited about that what are your thoughts on on kind of this new uh, fans are coming back here's here's the thing about professional wrestling as long as the cameras are on somebody's there okay perfect that's yeah. it that's it yeah um, my performance, I feed off the crowd. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I love, I love interacting with the crowd. You guys saw that when I was in the yeah. mm-hmm. See that every show I go to, I feed off of a live crowd. Every professional wrestler feeds off of. It. But there comes a time where you have to perform for the people that are watching at home. Mm-hmm. And you've got to, it's almost one of those things where you have to be so unselfish that you go out there and you put your body on the line, even though you might not want to, you might not have the energy that you would have if they were in attendance, but they're taking the time out of their busy lives to try to escape like whatever struggles they're going through. And you've got to like take the mentality that you might be their escape that night. You might be the one match that they watch and they get completely and totally lost. in. And if that helps you to put forth the same type of energy and the same type of performance you would if they were sitting front row, then, you know, that's what you've got to do. And that's been my mentality. Every time I step foot in the ring, when there's no, when there's no fans, somebody's watching, 
Somebody's taking the time to use the work that I'm putting, the work I'm putting out, the effort I'm putting out to get away from whatever's bothering. Yeah. Well, I know I appreciate it because like it, it, wrestling was one of the few things, as you said, especially early pandemic that was still going live or, you know, still have new content that wasn't just, Hey, let me watch old Netflix episodes or something, you know? So wrestling and, and that it's so intimate in a time where we were needing to space away too, just the, that performers would take that risk on too was uh, it's it's a thing to be respected that's for sure so jd tell us now it's 2021 this weekend Mm -hmm. double or nothing we got fans that are going to be coming back into attendance it looks like you guys are going to be jumping back on the road as far as AEW. i know you're also going to be jumping into some other promotions like limitless uh wrestling and, and some other promotions like that so what can we expect from the blue collar badass as we kind of get into the midway point of 2021 well, what people are going to see is a new, more motivated, um, spite-driven blue-collar badass. I've got a lot of people to shut up and a lot of people to prove wrong. And <laughs> it's about to get bad for a whole lot of people. I mean, oh, just, just, know, just know this. I can fix the way I look. I can fix the way I work. I can fix everything that there is to fix about me, either aesthetically, work-wise, or whatever. You cannot fix stupid. You cannot fix dumb. <laughs> yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. We it's keep trying. Just been, it just doesn't work. Yeah, well, I keep trying, too. And all it does is it causes my hands to hurt from hitting people. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not slowing down. Okay. Now, the, the bookings I'm going to take might be a little more scarce and might be a little more selective mm-hmm. because I've thoroughly enjoyed the time that I have with my family. I thoroughly mm-hmm. enjoy going out and having um, having weekends free to be able to escape my life and mm-hmm. go perform hobbies that I thoroughly enjoy. But when I step foot in the ring, just know I'm clocking into work. All right. And when you see the work boots on, you know somebody about to get their ass with. Somebody's getting some elbows and some teeth. I like this. Yeah. All right. So this is a fun part we like to do here then. We like to get, this helps us get a good view across the industry, right? We ask the same five questions of new guests, right? And we get to see kind of where folks are at, right? And some of these you've probably heard a million times and maybe give different answers to or whatnot. But these are, you don't have to answer them rapid fire or anything like that. Feel free to kind of expand on the answer and whatnot. But the first one is, who is your favorite wrestler of all time? I have two. Okay, yeah, perfect. Arn Anderson and the Great Muda. Nice. Arn Anderson oh. and the Great Muda. That's, that's my two. Nice. Oh, so I think we've heard Anderson before, but I don't think anybody's given us Great Muda. That's awesome. What's What about Great Muda really, really clued you in? When I was a kid, watching him come out, face paint, spraying mist everywhere. First guy I saw doing moonsault. Yeah. And then the older I got, the more I watched him overseas in Japan and things like that. He's just, Mm -hmm. he's a wild character, man. And he can work with anybody. Mm -hmm. He's another one of those chameleons that can literally get in the ring with anybody on the planet and have a good match. At any age too. It was seemed like, you know, when he started to the, towards the tail end of his career, he was still going with any and everyone. 132 years or something. Until the tail end of his career. He just won the Noah heavyweight championship. Well, I know, but what I'm saying is like, You're as far right. as, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But like but going international. And, Tom Brady, Tom. Yeah, exactly. All right. Tom so Brady wishes, Tom Brady wishes he was the great mover. <laughs> that might be I'm the sure title of the show. A lot of us probably, yeah. Tom <laughs> yeah. Brady wishes. <laughs> that might movie, be the yeah. title of the show. Right. 
All right. So the second question here is, and this, you can answer it for yourself. And then you can also answer it as a fan is what is your favorite match of all time? So again, you can say one that you've been in, or you can say one that you've seen or a combination. My favorite professional wrestling match that I've been in, uh, or, or that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, man, Bro, last match, last match I had with Anthony Henry at PWX mm. X 16 this year. I was at that evolve show in Chicago when Anthony Henry turned on you when you were in the, the championship match, dude, that was some great theater. God bless America. That was so fucking cool. Man. <laughs> Oh. Not cool for you, but it was cool to watch as a fan. <laughs> it was cool to bring that up. I'm a guest hearing, on your show, and you had to bring that. <laughs> hearing the levels change from the crowd being way up here oh. to yeah, I really hope mm. that all of your tires go flat at the same time. It's just like yay, yeah. It was like great. oh god, mm-hmm. yeah. I hated him then. I hate yeah. him. So I hate him now too because he's so freaking good. <laughs> So uh, professional wrestlers are, you know, especially when you've been in it, like you said, decades uh, and you've traveled, it's a, it's a journeyman's craft and there's a lot of mentors along the way. And there's a lot of folks you get a lot of experience from. So who would you say might be your biggest influence in your career? Well, my two trainers, uh, David Mm -hmm. Reimer, who took me under my wing early in my wrestling career and George South, who I claim as my trainer. Um, okay. the best hand you'll ever meet probably the best enhancement talent to ever step foot between two ropes okay. uh, it's wow. just his, his knowledge for professional wrestling is endless and the love that he shows all of his kids from Cedric to Big Swole to the Steamboats to the mm-hmm. Flares to anybody that he's anybody he's laid his hands on he loves nice. good, bad it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you suck in the ring. It doesn't matter if you're the best wrestler ever walked God's green earth. That man loves you. And he's going to spread positivity. Nice. He's going to be hard on you because he expects more of you. But Sounds like I, a true hope, leader. I really, really hope that I'm still wrestling at his age at the level he is. Wow. That's impressive. I like it. All right. So now let's get into question four. Uh, obviously with pro wrestling, there's a thousand different terms, right? It has its own language pro wrestling does. So with all of the different phrases and terms, what is your favorite term in pro wrestling? <laughs> all right. I hope that was the answer and not just directed at me. <laughs> all right. It got to the point where promoters were telling me and Anthony Henry, you only get one of these to show. <laughs> So go back. Like let's see. Let's see. Um, Black Label Pro. Mm-hmm. Myself and Anthony Henry versus Violence is Forever the first time. Uh-huh. And there's a there's a moment in the match where Kevin Koo comes into the ring and hits me, and I just stick a bird right in his face. Mm-hmm. And then out of frame comes Anthony Henry with the hardest form I've ever seen in my life. And when he hits him, it looks like Koo gets shot with a cannon out of frame. Yeah, it's one of the coolest. It's one of the coolest spots I've ever seen. I gotta say that I I am so happy that your favorite pro wrestling term was, because Tom and I have recently made this switch to YouTube, and we've been trying to get our long term podcast listeners to make some of the jump over to the video podcast. You know, and telling them that 
this is your favorite term is one of the coolest things ever because they have to come check out the video now yeah definitely. to see what it is so i love it you're, you're so one now, of the best guests we've ever had now you just get to put this in the damn uh like in the emoji box uh, i'm gonna make hey. that the thumbnail for the episode i'm gonna <laughs> yeah, absolutely that's great <laughs> i love it this is great okay so this is the fifth question and maybe we're liars it's not even really a question this is more of a hypothetical situation but it fits better to call it cinco preguntas right branding so this one we're gonna pretend <laughs> right so we're gonna sit in a room right this is a hypothetical we're all sitting in the room we're booking you in your next big thing that's gonna take you to the top whether this is you know what i mean aw winning the the highest level you can get there or wherever your you know dream top is your next big feud against tom here you got to give us a storyline no no <laughs> Just not doing it. Just no. not doing it. Just not doing no. it. No. <laughs> you think I'm wrestling anybody involved with Sharky? No. Oh, fair yeah. enough. That's a risk. It's risky here's business. Story. Here's here's the storyline. All right. I show up. I slap Tom in the face. Sharky mm. slides in the ring. I throw Tom out of the damn ring. I wrestle Sharky. That's probably the best move you could make. If that's you really the, want. Well, that's yeah. the best move for me because I don't. I yeah, couldn't lock true. up with that's you, right. so it's better that he's doing yeah. it. You got to take a slap and a toss. I think you can handle that. Yeah, that's good for yeah. me. This is fun, Maybe. man. I, I appreciate it. So, uh, you know, we, we really appreciate your time. You know, I'm sure you're a busy, dude, and, you, and you've got to get to what you got to get to. But uh, you, I got to get to this DoorDash. I just ordered my ass is hungry. There yeah, you exactly. Go. We don't want that to get cold. So. You got any plugs you want to throw out, folks, to follow you on the social medias and all that? Uh, you find me on Facebook at uh, James D. Drake, Twitter at Real JD Drake, uh, Instagram at Real James Drake. I'm on TikTok, and you see a lot of softball videos on there. Oh, dude, you crush it. Hey, by the way, real quick, what's the oh, bat shit. that you're using? What's the bat that you're using right now? There's a bunch. I use a bunch. <laughs> what's um, what's the go-to, though? Is it that Easton one that you just posted? No, that that was a buddy of mine's bat. Okay. And he had just bought it for a hundred bucks. Mm. He stole it from somebody, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we were hit we were hitting batting practice that night and he was like, Let's see what it's got in it. And we were hitting some fucking moonshots. Yeah. And it was just it sounded like a cannon. Yeah. Um, my bat of choice right now is either my original Eastern Fire and Ice or um what else have I got in the bag that I'm swinging? I've got a worth savage that I swing as well. Like Both it. of them 27 ounces. Love it. Love it. Favorite bat, favorite bat of all time is the original Eastern Wegman, the black and purple Eastern Wegman, the SY100W. If I could find that old thing, I'd sell all my new stuff for it. I sense somebody's getting cracked with a with a softball bat someday on TV, Tom, and I'm excited for this. I can't wait to see. No, no I'm not going to marry the no. two. He said, no. Sting, Sting is still around. Oh, yeah, that's true. Can't yeah, you can't steal, right. can't steal the gimmick. Uh, if, I, yeah. if I walk out with a softball bat and Sting is in the locker room, do you know what's going to happen? That's true. Maybe the softball. Maybe you crack <laughs> <There> him. <laughs> you you're you're right. Then I got to throw overhanded, and I don't think that's I that's true. See, I'm full of bad ideas. Don't listen to me. You got it. You got it figured out. Of on course your you're own. full of bad ideas. Look at your damn podcast part. <laughs> right here. Seven years, <laughs> man. Jacket. Seven yeah. years. <laughs> All right. Hey, we appreciate your time. We'll let you get to your DoorDash, man. Can't thank you yes. enough. Really appreciate it. Man. Hey, man, I'm glad that y'all had fun. Thank you very much for having me. As much as you might want to take this uh, into a softball podcast, Tom. Uh, can't let you do it. But J.D. Drake was still fun nonetheless. This was a great interview. I tell you what, though, if you are into softball, he does have some amazing videos where he just crushes 
the shit out of some softballs. It's pretty impressive. Also, uh, if you're into bowling, I tell you what, he bowls probably 10, 300 games, it seems like, a week. He's always posting videos, sliding it around, getting strikes, blindfolded, it seems like. He's amazing talent. Obviously, he can wrestle in the ring, he can bowl his ass off, and he can crush any softball that comes towards him. So, uh, yeah, J.D. Drake, I tell you what. One of my favorite wrestlers right now. I told you how excited I was when they, he had that first match with Eddie Kingston uh, on AEW Dark. Obviously, all of his work in Evolve. Uh, one of the best going right now. Can't believe all the success he's having. He's well-deserved and uh, excited to see what's next for him. Super fun. And the realism that comes off on, on TV out of him in many ways, right? You can just, like, the the fun character, the, the in-ring, I'll beat your ass. Oh yeah, what, what he said in the interview when he said, uh, "I don't care about your six thirty splash. I'm gonna chop the shit out of you, chop city." You know what I it mean? It does really oh, feel too like like the character is is JD Drake, right? Like, I yeah, mean, this is this is who we had on the show, and this is who we see on the TV, and I'm here for it. I love it. And you know what else I'm here for is folks watching the live stream uh, right now. We've got some folks in the chat. Hit us up on the chat there too. I got I'm I am i do not know this name. Eriku, the Domo guy. I'm not sure. Been talking back and hey, forth. Right. Uh, said would like cool. to see uh would like to see JD Drake go against Nick Aldis for the ten pounds of gold. And NWA would be a decent fit over there too. Oh, oh yeah. JD well, JD Drake is such a throwback to where he can fit in any promotion, yeah. right? I mean, uh, picture him in NWA against Trevor Murdoch or Nick Aldis. Obviously, in AEW, Eddie Kingston, John Moxley would be good matchups. You even take him over to WWE. He could, uh, yeah. Oh, Lance Archer in AEW, Miro and JD Drake would be mm -hmm. awesome. You take JD Drake in WWE, he could go have matches with Drew McIntyre. JD Drake and Sheamus, could you imagine how physical oh. that fucking match would be? Somebody might yeah. die. I tell you what, and just JD Drake can fit any mold you want. And obviously, uh, when we were talking about it, he's wrestling any kind of style. Mm -hmm. You know, he can wrestle yeah. Darby Allen, who just slingshots his body all across the ring, or he can go physical with an Eddie Kingston, uh, or he can, you know, have some fun in the uh, in the Wingmen right now. The wingmen, is so uh, good. it's it's uh, one of the best groups so going fun. right now. Yeah. Hey, so let's get right into the wingman uh, and JD Drake is how I usually felt in like friend groups. I'd be like, "All right, I mean, I guess I don't really feel like I don't really feel like I fit in here, but all right, we're gonna do this. All right, cool, let's go do this." But it all makes sense, you right. know. They all walk out together, and you're like, "Well, this doesn't really yeah, I mean, match." But then they like, start to we are pretty fucking cool, you know. Yeah, but then they start hanging out, and you're like, "Well, you know what? I think I think these guys are all friends." So yeah, I love the wingmen. I like everything that they're doing. I like the new attire for JD Drake with that shirt that he's coming looking out sharp. with. Everything's looking, looking great. Sharp. Yeah, he is looking sharp. Hey, but speaking of AEW, let's mm. uh, transition into this weekend. Mm. It's going to be on a Sunday, not a Saturday. Because of the holiday weekend, Sunday night, we get double or nothing. Double or nothing. And, yeah, we, we so we're obviously this is live for anybody watching live. Uh, it is mm -hmm. Thursday night for anybody watching the recording back or listening to the podcast. So AEW Dynamite, which we have up behind us, is tomorrow. We haven't seen it yet. So this is interesting. We're going to do some predictions coming up for double or nothing. And we don't know the go-home show. So this is going to get wild. This is going to get fun. Yeah, I think there's going to be obviously some loose ends tied up with this last go-home show for AW Dynamite going into Double or Nothing, but we don't have the luxury of knowing that information, so let's get into some picks. 
Now, I'm going off of a Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report, a TNT property. Obviously, TNT is where you can find AEW Dynamite. So they work hand in For hand now. together. Right. Uh, well, the Turner. Turner yes, as a whole. Turner, right. Yeah, TNT yeah. does not necessarily own Bleacher yeah. Report, but yes. Turner um, Media so probably did, right, yeah. Th- they have a good working relationship, so I'm going to go based off of this card that is pretty reliable. So let's kick it off with the Casino Battle Royale. Mm. Okay. Yeah. We got 30 guys. I can read just a quick list of yeah. who we got in mm-hmm. here. Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., uh, 10, Stu Grayson, QT Marshall, Cutie. Cutie's He's winning everything. Oh, my goodness. Lee Johnson, Dustin Rhodes, uh, Max Caster, Matt Hardy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Evil Uno, Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, Colt Cabana. Uh, some others there that are uh, also listed, but then uh, the, the wild card the mystery entrant. So let's do it two ways here. First, Tim, I want to know who do you think the mystery entrant is going to be? And then on top of that, I want you to pick who's going to win this match. That's tough. I I forgot about a wild card entrant. So I did not do any Mm -hmm. thinking about like who may be showing up. Nobody recently released that I'm aware of is able to like Mm -hmm. be on TV yet. Are they? Mm -hmm. There's one. I'll tell you who it is on my end, but you got to make your picks first. So I'm just going to throw, oh, geez, I don't know. I'm going to say was, all right, so because I, I can't think of that right now, um, I'm going to say, was Luchasaurus in the in the thing already? Yeah, Luchasaurus, what I think, is going to be in the. Sucks. Um, I'm a dinosaur. I, so, well, here's my winners. Like, let me talk through that right now, and then let's okay. talk. All right. I'm torn between Christian Cage is winning this thing or Max Caster is winning this thing. Mm. Ooh. Right? Okay. Right? Okay. I don't think it's going to be Max Caster, though, because I think they're still going to stick with this tag team, and they're the acclaimed, and they got the hype man, and something mm-hmm. like this is generally for a singles run. So I'm going to say, I don't know. I think maybe they're falling off the Christian Cage bandwagon. So Jungle Boy wins. Yep. All right. Jungle, Jungle Boy. Boy. Now, who's your mystery entrant? Did you pick that yet? Nope. So you're just going to have to go. All right. So the guy that you're forgetting about mm-hmm. that could be potentially uh, arriving in AEW mm-hmm. is currently down in AAA. It's one Andrade, who was just recently released. Now, Andrade already issued a challenge to Kenny Omega. They could be potentially doing a... Uh, I go after your triple championship, and then if I lose that or win that, then I go after your AEW championship. Forbidden door, right? Damn another right. For, forbidden door. But I think you scooped me. Here's the other. Here's the other thing. Yeah. Keep in mind, with their mystery entrance, it's not typically a headliner. Yeah. You know, everyone breaking well, news. I've got it's a been new like, answer too. If you're okay, go is, ahead. Well, no, I mean, by all means, finish yourself. Oh, I was going to say, so, cause, so for example, with this mis- mystery entrant, they've had past people, uh, for example, like Hangman Adam Page was one who was already in the company. So it wasn't this uh, groundbreaking, oh my God, who was the mystery person? It was Hangman, right? Then it was Matt Seidel. Again, Matt Seidel, an amazing pro wrestler, but not someone to the level of like an Andrade who would be debuting in the company. Uh, so for that reason, here's the other curveball I'll send your way, Tim. What if the mystery entrant is Paul White? Uh, Who that, better to win? Yeah, 
a battle royal. Well, that actually was going to be my pick. I was going to make that my pick because I didn't have a pick, and this uh, this person in the chat here suggested that. So thanks. Shout out the chat room. So we'll mark that as my official pick. Okay. Um, and then Jungle Boy is going to win it because Jungle Boy is going to toss out Paul White. It's not like happening, it. but I'm 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 taking my victory lap now because I won't get to take it later. I so okay so my mystery entrant, I'm gonna say, is Andrade. I mm, think they want to tease right. the hey I'm in here, yeah. Kenny Omega, watch your back. Now I think we might do something to where Thunder Rosa is an NWA talent, but having AEW matches with Andrade. So I think whoever may eliminate him, he might have a little program in AEW with. But I'm going safe money here. I think. It logically makes sense that Christian Cage wins this. He is the outwork everyone. So how do you really enforce that? Have him beat everyone in a battle royal. So I'm going Christian Cage, and I'm going my mystery entrant is Andrade. Nice. I think you scooped me on that one. All right. So now let's go to the next match here. We've got, oh, the alliteration on this one. It's going to be fun. We got Hangman Adam Page taking on Brian Cage. In a rage match between two guys, uh, I you know you could have all d- different types of fun here. But Hangman Adam Page versus the Machine Brian Cage. Taz will be in uh, Brian Cage's corner. Obviously, Brian Cage beat Hangman Adam Page on a past episode of Dynamite. So now, what do we think is going to happen here with uh, Hangman and uh, Brian Cage? I think both stories are in stall mode. So this is an odd match here to pick because either way i think they're both just going to kind of continue to hover around in stall mode so i'm i I feel like hangman gets the win i agree so here's the reason why though it has nothing to do with brian cage i think brian cage is going to do amazing things in aew i think he still has a very bright future but this is the story of hangman regaining his confidence to again I don't know when this day is coming, but I'm still holding out hope that we're going to get Hangman dethrones Kenny Omega to become the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. And so I think this is where we're going to get the rejuvenated, refocused Hangman. He avenges his loss to Brian Cage, then he gets back on the right track, becomes number one contender, and then down the line, whether that's sooner rather than later, I think he takes out Kenny Omega. So for that reason, I'm going Hangman Adam Page. Good pick. All right. As we keep moving on here, we've got a tag team matchup next. We've got Sting and his son, Darby Allen, taking on uh, the most random tag team I can think of in AEW, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Tim, this is going to be Sting's first match in a lo- in front of a live crowd in some time. I think it's going to be four years. That's We don't fact check here, but I think four years. Uh, if you know in the chat, let us know. Uh, or hashtag tweet the table and let us know. But it's going to be staying in front of a crowd, teaming with Darby Allen, taking on Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Tim, what do you got? Yikes. Talk about stall mode also for, <laughs> for everybody involved. Um, Sting wins. Yeah, you know what? I think this might be the start of where we get the 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 show off 
of Sting versus Darby. So I'm going to say Paige and Scorpio Sky win. They get a heel out, slap each other on the ass. You know what I mean? Brag about that for a while. Get to talk about how they, you know what I mean? They beat Sting forever. And then Sting and Darby get that little bit of like, man, what the fuck? Why are you even here, dude? Like, and he's like, because of taking care of you. And he's like, nobody asked you. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go uh, upset alert here as well. I'm going to go Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. But I think it's because we're going to have a lot of uh, friendly fan-friendly results, I think, right? Hangman winning, I think, is a fan-friendly result. We'll get to a couple other picks here uh, in just a moment. But we need to some we need something to offset that. And what I think will offset that is Darby Allen leaving Sting out to dry, saying, like you just said, I don't need you here. You're not someone that will help me get to the next level. I lost the title when you were in my corner. You know, he maybe goes down that route. And... Sting will have to take the Swing pinfall that loss. Slow these days, pops. Exactly. I think Sting is going to take a, a pinfall loss to Scorpio Sky because Scorpio Sky has been the one that's targeting Sting. And so I think Darby Allen heel turn, and then eventually at the next pay per view we're going to get Sting and versus Darby Allen. I like it. I'm down for that. What's next? Uh, well, I was going to say something real quick. Uh, in the chat, we have um, the Damo guy. Uh, saying that he thinks Brian Cage will win, which definitely could happen. Mm-hmm. I think going back to that match, just for a quick moment, I think this is going to be the start of the separation between Brian Cage and Taz. I think this is when Brian Cage is like, I don't need you. I don't need this belt. You've never done anything for me. You threw in the towel when I lost to John Moxley. And I think we're going to go down that route. So I, I that's don't any know help. if I'd go down that route because like, again, I think, you know, we've talked about, we got stall mode, Sting, we've got stall mode. Hangman, we've got stall mode. I don't know what there is for Cage. We already kind of put him in this like, oh, I'm challenging for the title belt, and that didn't really light the world on fire. And so I, I'm not 100% sure that like I would make a change if I don't have a plan to like fire. Well, it, I know? think, yeah, I think him and Powerhouse Hobbs would be a fun little program with Taz saying like you were never as good as you were with me kind of thing. So, but mm-hmm. that's just a guess. Now I have a real powerhouse. Right. You're exactly. just a machine, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. something to that effect. What if I don't put gas in you? How about that punk? <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever Taz yeah. would say. Yeah. He would probably say something like that. All right. Now let's get into the America first storyline where it's the American dream for one night only Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson in his corner taking on Anthony Agogo with the factory in his corner. QT Marshall, one of our biggest fans, QT Marshall. And Cutie, obviously, uh, you know, we're always looking to to get you onto the show, but, you know, J.D. Drake was available, and we got to go with J.D. Drake. Every week, I'm sorry, Cutie. I know, like, the last four weeks running, we say we're going to get you on. I know you're waiting on the line, and you'd really like to be on the show, and I'm sorry that you're not. Um we get it. We'll get to you, though. We'll get it. We we'll see get the DMs. You. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, we'll get there, man. We love you. And, yeah, you're going to do great in the corner of Anthony Agogo, who I think I think we're giving Agogo the dub. Ooh. So let me tell you my, my, my train of thought here. On one hand, yeah, Anthony Agogo getting the victory over Cody – solidifies him as a mid-card to top talent. 
This is also a good reason because Cody's about to become a father for the first time. You can write him off of television by losing to Anthony mm-hmm. Agogo. Yeah. And he that all his, makes sense. He got his large intestine burst open with a, how's your father mm-hmm. from the silver medalist? Bronze? Silver? Bronze medals. Bronze medals. Olympic bronze medalist. But still. Well, I know that's only two yeah, guys exactly. were better right. than in right. the world. Right. Well, and some of that's judging too, right? That's not even. Yeah, like exactly. That. So, yeah. Yeah. Here. So that's one hand, right? But then on the other hand, you look at Cody's track record in mm-hmm. pay-per-view matches and he lost to MJF. Mm-hmm. He lost the opportunity to challenge for the title because he lost yeah. to Chris Tonight Jericho. He's the dream. And then tonight, he's also the American Dream. I think hey, if the American Dream Cody, is dead. Imagine if Anthony Agogo gets to walk around saying the American Dream is dead, which I mean, the American Dream is dead. But then, like to to infer that like mm-hmm. the American Dream is dead also. And, yeah, the multi layer insult that is in AEW is great. Yeah, so I think after talking this out, I think. Cody Rhodes gets a roll-up, small package type of victory. One, two, three, right? But we leave the match with Anthony Agogo giving a how's your father to Cody, but Cody had the victory, and then after Cody has his paternity leave, then comes back, and then we get round two of Then we get quick trip Marshall standing there, flexing in his bowling shirt, looking like a fucking like mob boss's kid like our brother-in-law rather oh man yeah he looks like the understudy in a sopranos episode (laughs) um he really does uh but yeah so i think cody rhodes gets the victory but i think we have anthony agogo standing tall and then when cody rhodes decides to come back after a potential paternity leave that's when we'll get this uh feud reignited now let's move on to what I think is going to be match of the night. This is I'm picking this as match of the night. It is for the TNT championship Miro versus Lance Archer, two psychopaths who are going to kill each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. who couldn't love that? Right. Who yeah. couldn't love two Psych- psychos trying to kill each other? This is the epitome of big men slapping meat. Oh, this I is love gonna it. Be, and it's going to be also brutal. It's not just going to be like sumo wrestlers in the ring who know how to do a couple body slams and some belly drops. It's not like this is Otis versus, you know, Mark Henry here. I mean, we are talking, not that the, not that, I mean, Mark Henry's a Hall of Famer, obviously, but you know what I mean? Like this We're is We're talking be, some athletic big guys. They're going to be athletic big guys, and they're going to, like, go outside the ring, and they're going to throw mm-hmm. each other through stuff. They're going to hit each mm-hmm. other with stuff. Mm-hmm. They're going to, like, insult each other the entire time. And, yes, you could come away feeling bad for having liked this. And I won't, because yeah, I will right, definitely yeah. love this. Yeah. So here we go. We got the new TNT champion. Everybody dies, Miro. says the Domo guy. Yes, everybody dies. Everybody dies. But I insist you die first. Yeah. I love that line from Miro. That was so great. So here we go. We got the new TNT champion, Miro, taking on Lance Archer, who this is the second year in a row he's challenging for the TNT championship at a double or nothing. If you recall last year was the debut of this championship where Lance Archer lost to Cody Rhodes with Mike Tyson uh, as a special enforcer. So what happens uh, on Sunday night? Mm, uh, Miro wins. Yeah. 
this is but it's too early. It's just I, too early. I agree. But I think you can come away with Archer looking. Uh, it still makes Archer look like mm-hmm. he's gonna kill everybody in his path. But yet, here's what I'll say: Miro, maybe I don't know. It's interesting. We're doing picks, so I feel like you can't do uh, a sit on the fence kind of pick. But what I hope is that neither guy wins. I'm hoping for mm. a time limit draw or a double knockout or something pick. to that effect. Pick. It's guaranteed. You're guaranteed to get a point. I mean, like if, if it happens, I'm not going to pick it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then I am. All I'm right, going to yeah. go a non-finish. I think it's a DQ. I'm going to pick that too. No, I'm just <laughs> but like, I think it's a DQ because I think that we rushed. We didn't necessarily rush this, but we kind of rushed this, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I think we still have some more story to tell. And I think it, this is just a normal match, right? I think the payoff is a last man standing or a cage match or something yeah, to that down effect. The road. This is the start so of it. This is the start of it. Again, I think it's going to be match of the night, but I think we're going to get a time limit draw or a double, double Neither count guy out can or stand something. Up. Right. Right. And then we're going to keep it going. So I'm going non-finish uh, because Miro's not going to lose the championship this quick, but Lance Archer I don't think is going to look weak. So going non-finish with a with a fun, brutal match. Now let's get into the AEW World, or excuse me, the AEW Women's World Championship match. Hikaru Shida taking on Dr. Britt Britt Baker, Baker. DMD. And yeah, this is, I think, the easiest pick to make. If if Britt Baker does not win this in front of the crowd. They're going to tear the place down. They're going to riot. It's the biggest heel move. Yeah. They could do all night. She's going to get the loudest pop of the night, I bet you. When she comes out. Definitely. I I mean, maybe not the loudest, but definitely one of them. It's going to so, be noticeable. Yes. I think we're going to see a new star born with Dr. Britt Baker. As I mentioned, you, you know, we haven't seen the go home show. We're going to do a one year celebration for Hikaru Shida before double or nothing. However, this whole story has just been Dr. Britt Baker's ascension or ascending to become the champion. And, she does not done anything to really stop that momentum, so I don't think it stops here. And I think we get Dr. Britt Baker uh, as our new women's champion. Yes. D-M-D. For T-N-T. I love it. All right, here we go. Now we've got another fun match as we move down the card. We've got the AW Tag Team title match. Eddie Kingston and John Moxley taking on the Young Bucks. I, I think they understand Moxley and Kingston are hot. I think they understand that. But I, mm-hmm. I, st- I just think Young Bucks still come away with this and get a fucking be shitbag heels. I just, you know what I mean? I think Young that, Bucks win. Okay. Then here we go. This is where the fun starts when we're watching on Sunday night. Mm. I'm going Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. And here's why. The Young Bucks are the champs, but they're heels. Right. In the shadows waiting is FTR. They have to be doing something after this pinnacle versus the inner circle. So I think FTR also now being heels would be a good foe for Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. So I think for FTR to become the champions, they can't beat the heel young bucks. They've got to beat the babyface 
Eddie Kingston, John Moxley. So to get to that point Sunday night, we have to have Eddie Kingston and John Moxley beat the young bucks. So I, going I think with that. what you do is you still have young bucks win here and the young bucks lose to somebody like a, like a varsity blondes out of nowhere all of a sudden. And they're like, Oh my God, we're the champs. And FDR comes out and they're like, bull shit. You're the champs. Match right now. This ain't fucking going down. And then, like, FTR, get, give him the Rey Mysterio John Cena returns treatment. No, I hope not. I hope not. But I think I think we I think we have to have John Moxley with some gold, right? He's not going to be heavyweight champion, so I think we still need to put some gold on him. And Eddie Kingston. Getting Eddie Kingston on TV, it's always easier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, here's the tag team champ, right? So, right. Yeah. It's an easier way to explain it. So I'm going for that reason on Moxley. Eddie Damn, Kingston. I feel like you're scooping me. Of course, right. I always feel like that, and uh, <laughs> and then you win. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the gimmick match of the night. Now, I don't know how we're going to do this one. So it's the Stadium Stampede, Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle. If the Inner Circle loses, they must break up. That's happening. Here's the thing that I want to talk about, though, before we get into our pick, is last year we did this. And there was no fans. So it was fun to go into the Jags uh, football stadium and just have your fun. Right. This is going to be the first event where hopefully the place is going to be sold out. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to spend 30 minutes saying, hey, crowd that just got here, well, watch the screen. They did that with the damn uh, blood and guts. They made him watch the whole show. Well, but the but the uh, the, the payoff, payoff was was the match. The match. Right, this You're would right. be the other way around. Now, yeah. unless it's it's the last thing, so they probably just send you know let them watch on screen and just like that's the that's the end of the in house pay per view for everybody. Yeah, I mean we haven't really talked about that. Do you think this will be the main event? Do you I think mean, this is the payoff? If I'm formatting, I'm probably doing that with that in mind, like the live crowds, like. I'll put up the thing, then they can choose to like watch it here, or go home, fuck it, watch it. You know what I mean? You know, whatever they it's want. Good to idea. Do. Yeah. All right. So you're or going. At least I probably have polled people before I got there, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's a little deeper true. into the business aspect of it, but um, yeah, I, I just think I think I don't think we're gonna give the pinnacle a loss here, even though they got the big win at Blood and Guts. So mm -hmm. I just don't. I think we want to set the pinnacle as the pinnacle, and I don't know how much life more – what has the inner circle not done? So why wouldn't the pinnacle do that if there's something the inner circle hasn't done? And, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the, the interesting story is going to be post-double or nothing, what happens to the inner circle. And look, this is pro wrestling, right? How many times have we been told that someone, if they lose, has to retire? Mick Foley has to retire after losing to Triple H at Royal Rumble. Oh, hey, by the way, he's in the main event of WrestleMania. Like, nothing is forever in pro wrestling. So if the inner, inner circle has to break up here, you know, this time next year, they can call themselves something different. Maybe Sammy Guevara is not in the group. And we've got whatever the group is there and we can get back to business. But I think, to your point, Inner Circle's done it all, and now this is the time where Santana and Ortiz can be the tag team that they are. Sammy Guevara can they go, can go after, up against Moxley and Kingston. Right, yes, exactly. Sammy Guevara can then say, I'm going after the TNT Championship. And then you got Chris Jericho, who's just doing the fun matches, right? Let's just say... Andrade is the one that comes into AEW. Andrade versus Chris Jericho. We could just do all that kind of fun stuff. 
And then on the flip side, yeah, the pinnacle, what, what's more way to get MJF to a different level of heel than to say, I ended the inner circle. Like that's just, he's already doing the pink, the pinky thing with the ring. Mm -hmm. This just adds to, Hey, Chris Jericho, I ended your group and just, oh, booze out of, get booed out of every circle. Oh yep. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. I think that's a I think that's a a tagline for MJF going forward, and I think MJF that's is the what shit. this match is going to be. Now, here's another quick question before we move into the yeah. uh, last match of the night. You think this is going to be more or less entertaining for for you than last year's Stadium Stampede? I'm gonna say like it's gonna feel like a sequel, you know. So I just don't think we're gonna get the like. This is so crazy. I can't believe they did this and then this and this. And like, there's so many, you know, they're going to, I bet you they come out of the gates making it entirely different. Yes. I think last year it was fun to say, hey, we have football numbers. And since we're in a football stadium, isn't it kind of cool? This has a different vibe where this is, no, 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 we hate each other. Like, we're going to use every inch of this arena to kill each other, not to have a horse come in here or to be drinking milk and beer at a bar. Like, we're here to fuck shit up. They're going to find each other in locker rooms and be, like, slamming each other's heads and things. I mean, like, they're going to get a little more intense, I think. Less comedy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there may be some comic breaks because this is kind of a match that goes on for a while. So you may have your little, like, light in the mood. To get to the next serious thing, because you got to take you know viewers on a on a roller coaster, as it were. But mm-hmm. other than that, I think this is going to be mostly like a a drama, if you will. Yeah, I don't think Ortiz is going to say I can't swim in this match, right? I think he's going to be a little bit more serious. I think we're going to have some fun. Where you know Jake Hager is on one side of the hallway, Wardlow is on the other side of they the hallway. Stare. They match the their eyes together, and then you know go towards each other. I think we're going to get some stuff like that. But yeah, I am going. I'm going pinnacle as well. I think inner circle breaks up again. Nothing is forever. And so we're going to see some, some different uh, aspects of Chris Jericho. Cause he's baby face right now. Does a baby face run to get to the championship. We'll see if that happens. Now let's get to what is listed as the last match. Again, we do not know if this is the case, but it is the AEW world championship match. It's a three way match. Orange Cassidy puck and the champion Kenny Omega. Omega wins this, but this is going to be a match I think we'll talk about. I think this will have some some cool ass spots. I think there's going to be some high flying spots. I think we'll get some Don Callis. So I think this one's going to be action packed with some cool stuff. But Kenny Omega wins. I got Kenny Omega retaining as well. He's the belt collector. He doesn't necessarily have all the belts yet. You know, he is the AAA champion. He's the Impact champion. He's the AW champion. We got that forbidden door open with New Japan. Maybe he goes back to New Japan, grabs that championship. I think we still have some more story to tell with Kenny Omega. And with Pac and Orange Cassidy, as great as they are, and they are great. I love Pac. The bastard Pac is someone who speaks to my heart. Uh, We are one in the same. Orange Cassidy, the king of sloth style, one of the most entertaining, odd wrestlers there is uh, in all of pro wrestling. But they're not at the levels that they were right. When orange Cassidy was feuding with Chris Jericho, I think he was peaking more as a character than what he is right now. When Pac beat Kenny Omega in that Ironman match here in Kansas city, 
that was him at a different level than where he is right now. So that's why I'm going Kenny Omega. Yeah, definitely. There's no way we don't continue this Kenny Omega saga without him having the title. Uh, unless it was a short-lived getting it back, and this is what gets him until, like, we're ready to, you know, you know, somebody gets their break, and now we're ready to start the actual feud, like you're saying, Hangman or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, only mm-hmm. if they had to stall could I see him, like, giving the belt up for a month to get it back from somebody, you know? But. Right. And then, yeah, and then the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers jump that guy to then get Kenny right. the belt back. Yeah, like, let's say, for instance, they were like, hey, it is Hangman, but we don't want to do it at this month. We want to do it in two months down the road because it'll be March or whatever the fucking month. You know what I mean? And they're mm-hmm. like, right. so, you know, to keep the storyline interesting, you're going to lose it to Pac. And then, you know what I mean? You'll feud with the Death Triangle for a little mini offshoot while we mm-hmm. spin our wheels. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hate that. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, there's a couple more people Kenny Omega can feud with before we get to Hangman. Whoever wins this uh, Battle Royal, which potentially will be kicking off the night, you know, that the could be someone. of Archer and Miro, in my eyes, would probably be like, mm-hmm. you know, be like, fuck that. Who cared about the TNT title anyway? Yours. And then they're like, oh, shit. And then they got to get real creative with all the trickery, right? Well, Miro said he's going after all the belts, so he might even retain the championship and say, guess what? I'm going after yours now, too. Wouldn't it be funny if Miro just, like, I will out-collect your belts. Watch me. Like, put them up one by one. I don't need to win them. Put, don't put them all on the line. I'll do a match this week, and I'll take that one. And I'll do a match the next week, and I'll take that one. And then we'll do a match the next week, and I'll take that one. <laughs> like just, and then when I have oh. all of yours, you can challenge for mine, and I'm going to beat you and retain mine. Right, yeah, <laughs> just over and over yeah. and over. I mean, yeah. So so that is AEW Double or nothing Sunday night, not Saturday as usual, because with the holiday weekend, you get Monday off, hopefully, and uh, you can sleep in a little bit. But with that all being said, our picks going through uh, one by one, Tim, I, I already told you my match of the night. I think it's going to be Miro versus Lance Archer. But what what do you think? What do you think is going to stand out from double or nothing when we do this podcast next week? Hmm. The Casino Battle Royale will probably be a lot of highlights, but I, I yeah, I'm, I'm along the lines that your, I, you know what, the Stadium Stampede might steal the show. We might be overlooking it. They might do something, so I'll call that to be different. Yeah, I, I think, I think the moment of the night, I think the match of the night is going to be Miro Lance Archer. But again, I don't think we're going to get a finish. But I think the moment of the night is going to be where we look back, you know, in a few months' time, back at this uh, pay per view. I think this is when. Dr. Britt Baker became like, as Jade Cargill says, that bitch. That's what, this is when Britt Baker's like, this is my division. Put it on my back. I can carry us to the next level. I'm the person that AEW can rely on. I think this is this pay-per-view for her. So I think that's where we're going to come back uh talking about those things yeah well i'm excited for that and aw uh again we we still haven't seen the go home show so all of what we've said might be you know thrown all out of whack aw loves to throw some curveballs so yeah dante uh i think dante smith again we don't fact check here but but from top flight is taking on miro in a tnt championship match aw so fucking weird they could have dante win the damn title and it's dante versus lance archer at double or nothing who knows Send us your picks uh, at Table Show on Twitter. Use hashtag TweetTheTable uh, throughout the week while you're watching wrestling. We might uh, read them. Uh, we will read them right here on mm-hmm. the show next week. Um, I don't know if we got time this week uh, with the interview and all that, but we save them. We'll save them up. We'll read the best ones. Um, now, uh, 
Also, uh, check us out, SpanishNounceTable.net. You can find all the links, all you need there, all of our social medias, the YouTube, if you're only listening to this on podcast. Shame on you. You didn't get to see the J.D. Drake interview. How fun was that? But mm-hmm. we'll round it out with just some quick, uh, you know, discussion on the other guys. Tom, the uh, WWE NXT side of things. There's been some big news. Yeah, so this little, uh, I guess it's not necessarily necessarily little, but this carousel of announcement table roulette uh, we, it was announced that Adnan Verk, the voice of Monday Night Raw, for about a month, is no longer there. Then also on top of that, Jimmy Smith from Bellator fame will be taking over that role. And then on top of that, Tom Phillips has been let go. So a lot of uh, moving and shaking Tom here. Phillips right out of his job. I tell you what, yeah. I wonder if he's going to go Facebook the shit out of somebody when he gets home. It's a stress yeah. reliever from what he said before it is that's how he said he likes to like you know what i mean relieve the long stress of the travel so let's get into the conversation here yeah so adney and verk i think we can both agree here wasn't necessarily the greatest fit for monday night raw or wwe i will never Remember anything about Adnan Verk except Dave LaGreca ranting about him explaining what a zombie is about the zombies. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing I'll ever remember about Adnan Verk. But it's probably one of the funnest <laughs> memories I'll have about a WWE announcer. I'll, I will say that. Yeah, and, and you know, if you pay attention to his other uh, career moves, he has a great setup with Metal Arc Media, which is owned by Dan Lebitard and the former president of ESPN, John Skipper. He does a cinephile podcast where he recaps uh, classic movies. He's a cinephile fanatic, as it is. Uh, So he's got some good things going on. He still has, I think, his baseball work that he can do. The thing that I think is interesting is – you know, he, he could do the play-by-play for baseball, so he had somewhat of that experience. Now, Jimmy Smith is going to be taking over that role, I believe, this coming Monday. Jimmy Smith, to the best of my knowledge, and I've followed him for a while. I was listening to all the Bellators he was calling for the six years I think he was there. He was always the color guy. So it was Sean Wheelock. Sean Wheelock was the play-by-play guy. And then Jimmy Smith, who was a former fighter, was the color guy saying – Oh, in a heel hook, you need to turn the knee inward or whatever it is, right? The role he's going into is not that. The role he's going into is, welcome to Monday Night Raw. We've got a great night. Play-by-play. It's, I don't think this is going to be a good Which they fit. don't even do play-by-play as play-by-play. They want mm-hmm. them like, he'll be like, and then he whips him in the corner and he'll be like, you'll remember, you know, face fucking Tom Phillips that, uh, you know, uh, he attacked him last week from behind and and then like they want him to tell that story as opposed to like right what's going on in the ring so yeah that'll be an interesting transition i don't uh, yeah i, I don't i've like said it. this they need to train folks in nxt and the pc and, and and groom them find folks that are like broadcasters that actually like wrestling want to do this because that's the only time you're going to get the real emotion out of it it just kind of is what it is you know or somebody that wants to grow into it and wants to like it but it just if it's not their thing yeah and jimmy smith he did the whole hey i was a fan when i was a kid i liked bruiser brody and mr perfect which that was 30 years ago so that doesn't really help you with Jesus. roman reigns and the Usos. That's what he yeah and, and he also said you know in past tweets that were found uh on his twitter profile that he didn't watch 
wrestling. He watched it as a grade school kid, but he didn't watch it after that. So I love Haystacks, again, Calhoun, and <laughs> right. And again, you cannot like wrestling and still be successful. And Renee yes, Young, of course. I, I think, was not a right, of course, wrestling and Renee, head. Now again, I think she got into it. Now you know what I mean, right? But uh, maybe anyway. Jimmy Smith does. Maybe maybe does. Jimmy Smith does. Maybe you can go down as one of the best. There's I don't know Tim so. and Tom. He is no Tim and Tom. I don't think he's going to last. I think I think what may happen with him because of his professional fighting background is if he does not do well in this role, they might transition him to where someone beats him up and then he gets into the ring and does a one-off match and then goes into the sunset like that. That is where I think his uh, ceiling is, but I don't think he's going to last long here. But – who knows? What Could about be Tom wrong. Phillips? You think we see him on uh, wrestling TV? So that is the most interesting thing to me is Tom Phillips is good. Tom Phillips Tom is good. Tom Phillips is really good. And yeah. if you paid attention to social media, there was a lot of co-signers. Mick mm-hmm. Foley, Big E, Xavier Woods, uh, a couple other people in WWE world was saying Tom Phillips is really great. So now you and I have talked about since we've been blue in the face about AEW, their biggest pain point is JR. Is JR. Yeah. And now you have Tom Phillips who can sit in that role. And what do you think? F- and for the love of me, like, I, I know, like, probably to get JR, he's probably like, I want to call. And, like, they're probably like, ah, but let him do special events like WWE would do. I know that's not what he wants to hear, probably. But, like, look, man, the advisor role is a perfect fit. For Jim Ross to sit in some meetings to listen to things and be like, you know, we tried that once and fucking shit mm-hmm. the bed, you know, that kind of stuff. I, yeah, I think it's great, but yes, Tom Phillips would be an intense upgrade. Now, the whole thing is Excalibur is often that main play by play. Well, guy. what I think you could do is this, this is where if I had the, the, the pencil, you know, where I made the decisions at AEW, this is what I would do with the announced team. I would take Jim Ross off. I would keep him in a talent relations or advisory role off screen or having him come in and doing a blood and guts match or a stadium stampede match where it's these specialty matches. But my team on AW Dynamite would be Tom Phillips and Excalibur. Tom Phillips would be the, hey, we're on uh, this no, Friday at 9 o'clock. No. And this is why Tony Schiavone is going to be Tony. with, well, remember, we've got another hour to fill uh, on TBS. Mm-hmm. So I think you do the elevation team of Tony Schiavone and Paul White. I'm not firing them. I'm All giving right. them more responsibility. I say elevation is Paul White and Tony Schiavone. Rampage <laughs> is Tony Schiavone. Rampage Jackson. And and no, no, not Rampage. And Taz. I would put Rampage mm. as Tony Schiavone and Taz. That's a good, that's I would a good put mix. Elevation as Tony Schiavone and Paul White. So you're going all two man booth. Yeah, so, two man is the best yeah. because if you go back to the you know golden era, Gorilla Monsoon was a baby face, and then Bobby Heenan was the heel. You didn't have to have a third person where then one person is just neutral, right. you know, information. Well, and it fits because either, like, the basic gist of a pro wrestling story is, like, either you're a shit person or you're a good guy, right? And, mm-hmm. like, so a shit person's going to like the shit people and the shit moves they do. And right. 
Right. Yeah. So uh, the Domo guy over here on the chat, and shout out, you know, chatters. We like the chatters. Says, um, uh, what is Tom Phillips like unscripted? And I, I'm, I'm deducing what he means here, but is, is Tom Phillips as good as we think he is on his own? Was he fed lines that he just delivered well? No, I think he is as good as we think because, you know, it's notorious that when he was calling Monday Night Raw or when you get to the main roster of SmackDown or Raw, Vince McMahon is in your ear 24-7, which is true, I believe. But he also did great work in NXT where I don't believe Triple H true is in that. his ear 100% of true the time that. saying I did like him in NXT this. a lot. That's right. Right. So I think he can so, do it well. Speaking of NXT, uh, the one thing that stuck out for me in NXT this week is uh, this whole time I thought we were heading for a Grimes Million Dollar Man is his manager showdown. And we got a little switcheroo and it looks like LA Knight is going to get that million dollar rub. I hear they're going to have this million dollar title show back up. Maybe that's yep. going to be on the line. I'm all in for this. This was fun. I love this Cameron is Grimes. great. Like yeah. That. Cameron Grimes is as hilarious as he's ever been. Million dollar man is a good nostalgia act. That's not getting in the ring and doing the million dollar dream or any of those kind of yeah. moves. Everybody loves so the I think laugh. This is perfect. Yep. And I think it's great how he's being used. Uh, really excited for this. Now also on NXT, we saw Karrion Cross mm. defeat oh, Finn Balor. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. So my question to you, Tim is this is the second defeat at the hands of carrying cross by Finn Balor. You say he's going. I think it's so, a send off. Okay, so Finn Balor's going northbound. Fill in the blank though. Where is he going? Oh. Where are we putting him? Oh is he a raw or a smackdown, huh? I bet they try SmackDown. You know what I would do with him? What? Fuck the main roster. We're opening up the borders. The coronavirus is gone. We defeated that. Mission accomplished. Uh, I'm sending him to NXT UK. Really? Yes. So that has You're no saying, television show. You know what I mean? Like it's it's network, but it's Peacock. But it's like you watching it. I mean, I've like watched it. Watch, I like it. I know, but like, there's fans of Finn Balor who, if he goes yeah. over there, will watch. I'm not watch chasing it. Finn Balor to watch it specifically, but like well, I do we're catch not, on. But on there are NXT people UK, that but, are. It'll make NXT UK better, that's for sure. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't yeah, hate it. I'm not gonna like I'm not pining for Finn Balor to show up. I'm not a person who's like, Finn Balor needs the world title. If he never wins it, I don't feel like he really got cheated out of it. I you know what I mean? Like he's not my cup of tea necessarily, but like I don't hate it. I'm just like, Yeah, he's good. Um, so I don't necessarily like I I think he would add more for my personal taste over on a UK. Well, I think for a couple reasons why I think it would be a good move. One with the crowds coming back, they need tickets being sold as quick as possible. And you do an Ireland show with Finn Balor as your headliner. That's going to sell out in two minutes, right? Becky so Lynch we're getting, out. yeah, we're getting the whole Finn Balor experience in Ireland, mm -hmm. which is must see TV just for the crowd reactions. And then two, Walter is the man over there, right? Walter is the king end all be all. Who's number two? To that. Sure that. So Finn that's Balor. why I think that's what be he could be like. Move. Nobody can beat me. Like, and he'll be like, "Yeah, you're right. Nobody here can beat you until now." I'm right, here, and that's bitch. where you get right. some star I'm power, here, bitch. To NXT right. UK. That's what he'll say. All right. Uh, it, uh, the main roster stuff. The only thing. I mean, it looks like Kofi Mania still kind of picking up steam. Maybe they're still seeing if that's going to stick. We'll see what happens when the live crowds happen. But a match of the year candidate emerged on Raw in my eyes in Riddle. Matt Riddle versus 
Xavier Woods of all things. Now, Xavier Woods, I've always like, even when his consequences creed, I've always like, man, that guy's, you know what I mean? Like I've always had like a, an interest, but nothing's ever been, you know what I mean? Like realized, I don't think. Like, I, so I think this was a coming out party for him to be like, yo, motherfuckers, I can go. Like he put on a hell of a show. Yeah, he's always been a very strong in-ring worker, but I think his uh, best talent is on the mic, so that gets a little bit overlooked when he's doing the um, trombone and cutting the microphone or cutting the promos with holding the microphone the the fun way as he does. But Matt Riddle is here where where I thought this is where he shined. If Vince McMahon just didn't think that anyone who smoked weed is just a wacky, crazy guy, Matt Riddle is your champion. He can do it all. He can be funny. He can give you a hard-hitting match. His style translates to everyone. I think he could. J.D. Drake versus Matt Riddle. Hmm? You've seen that in Evolve. Yeah. See it on national TV. That would even be that would be great. Yeah. But, again, Matt Riddle, I think, is just amazing. I, I am the one of the biggest fans of Matt Riddle, for yeah. sure. Well, I think that's all we've got here. I'll remind you all to go to SpanishDownsTable.net, hit all the links. One of the biggest ways you can support us is simply, like, watching this YouTube video, hitting the like button, sharing us. I, and I'm serious. If you just press play when you had to set your phone down for a while, like, that helps us. That's watch time. So, like, if you're not if you're not Tell buying merch, if you're not buying merch, if you're not following us on the social media, that's a big help for us if you want to support us. And uh, I, I think, Tom, maybe we'll just leave folks with uh, – J.D. Drake's uh, favorite pro wrestling term. The Spanish announce table.